Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for our identity in you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Father, that you are good, that you do good and your mercies are new each and every day. And Father, we come to you with open hearts. Father, open our eyes, open our ears this morning so we can truly understand who we are in Christ and what you've done for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I mentioned earlier that, well, I mentioned a couple times that just because we changed our series from Marked by Miracles, that we were believing as a church that the miracles that God is performing day in and day out were not going to stop. And let me just tell you something, church, they have not stopped. And what I am believing is that as we begin to understand our identity more and more, identity more and more, we're going to continue to see miracles manifest because we're going to know who we are in Christ. So when something comes into our life that is not of God, it'll be so clear, we'll understand it so quickly, we'll say, no, in Jesus' name, this has to go. So let me give you a couple testimonies. So Miss Janie, our wonderful, amazing administrator, had to have a tooth extracted. And anybody who has ever had a tooth extracted knows that this causes a little bit of discomfort. Just a little bit. Okay, so for me, anything medical that causes me discomfort, I am, oh my gosh, like I am such a baby when this stuff goes down in my life. I had my wisdom teeth out, like the bottom two. This was years ago. I can tell you what happened like it was yesterday. Like, oh my goodness, just the pain, the agony, the things in my mouth, all this stuff. This went on for weeks. But let me tell you, Miss Janie came into the office the very next day and says, Pastor Jason, I have no pain or discomfort at all in my mouth. Don, as a, as a witness, it's true. Okay, I don't make this stuff up. These are testimonies. I mean, this does not happen without God. Do you understand that? The, the medical field doesn't, you can't comprehend that. It's incomprehensible, except because of who God is and what God has done. And I've got another one. So last Monday, Gail, is it Monday? Last Monday, we got a text that said our dear friend, wonderful servant, Gail, has potentially had a stroke and that there was some kind of clot, and that they were rushing her to the hospital. Well, they took her to the hospital in Corey, I believe. They didn't have the equipment to be able to take care of what they needed to take care of, and they rushed her up to Erie. And we got that text, and the church began to pray. 
And we began to pray. And we said, no weapon formed against her will prosper. She will live and she will not die. In fact, this stroke will have no effect on her life, no effect on her movement, no effect on her feeling, no effect in her motion, her ability to drive, to work, to do anything else in the name of Jesus. And we believe that and we lifted that prayer up to God. And let me tell you something. I come walking into church on Wednesday. Hello. Do you remember the day I said this happened? Monday stroke. Wednesday night, I come walking into church. There's Gail behind the cafe making coffee, church. She's making coffee. Come on. This, I mean, church, this stuff is happening. God is so good. He is performing miracle after miracle after miracle, and he's not going to stop. And I truly believe it's just to bring our attention to him and it's to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. People are going to know about these things. You're going to talk about them. When you see somebody at work who's struggling with something similar, you're like, you know what? There's somebody in my church that God supernaturally healed. Let me pray for you. And we begin to see those miracles manifest in their life. This new series we're doing called Identity, the foundational scripture. Uh, If you want to turn with me, it's 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It goes like this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, that means if you are in Christ, this belongs to you. If you have made Christ your Lord and Savior, then this belongs to you. This means that anything that's following, anything that's coming up with the rest of this verse has to say, it means it's yours. You have to take a hold of it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what happens? He is a new creation. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. The old identity, church, that you have had needs to go. Because you are now in Christ, which means now you have his identity. You are created like him. The the picture that was painted of you is a reflection of Jesus. Church, you understand that. You are a reflection of Jesus. You say, well, I don't look like a Middle Eastern person. Okay, I don't either. But when we see ourselves, we have to see Jesus and who he is and what he has done in our life. And what also happens, these old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So week one, we went back to Genesis. We talked about uh, how God made us and that we were marked with his DNA. His DNA is on the inside of us. We are marked, Adam and Eve. We are descendants of Adam and Eve. This is a family service. We're talking about generations and inheritances. We are marked with God's DNA. And we looked at that we are wanted and that we are part of this royal family. And I can't, man, I've got so much to talk about on royal family. And what that is, I encourage you, it's not going to be this week. It may be next week or the week after. i got to keep like a little bit of cliffhanger here. There's more to come, but there is so much we can learn when we begin to see ourselves as part of a royal family. With this royal identity that God has given us through Christ. That's a whole other one. We're going to get to that in a little bit in the following weeks. It says, old things have passed away. So last week, we talked about idols. And oh, that was a tougher one. There was a few less amens during that service as we talked about taking off the idols that we put on. The idols, and we did an acronym of idols. So the I was for items. 
The D, so that items like materialism, consumerism, the things that we define who we are based on like the car we drive, or the clothes we wear, or the place that we live, or those types of things. Then we talked about duties, like, well, my job defines me. And what we realize real quick is that you don't realize that you have an identity crisis until a crisis hits. When you lose your job and you're like, whoa, what happened? You lose your identity, but not us. Because of who Jesus is. When our identity is rooted in Christ, our job doesn't define who we are, it just defines what we do. And then we talked about others. The O was for others. Oh, this is a tough one for me. The others, wanting to please others, wanting to, what do others think? Well, I should act the way somebody else thinks. Begin to put on what other people are putting on you. And we're putting on all these clothes and all these idols, and we have to take them off. And then there was longings, which is each, we all do this, I do this, it'll, it'll be better, I'll understand my identity more when this happens, when I get married, when I have kids, when it's always something in the future, but what God's telling us is no, your identity is who you are now in Christ. You're not waiting for something else to happen. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is now, that identity is yours now, you have to get a hold of it and change and transform your mind. And the L was for longing, or uh, the the L was longings. The S was sufferings, uh, and sufferings was just you begin to define yourself by what you went through. Again, that can that can kind of identify who you are, but not who you are in Christ. If you understand that difference, and so today I want to talk about one more thing that we need to take off before I start building us back up. And we began building back up, so the idea is who God has created us to be in Genesis. Then we're going to take off all this other identity stuff that we've put on over the years. We want to take that off. And then I want to start building back up who you truly are in Christ. And when that begins to change and your mindset begins to change, it changes the way you act. And believe it or not, it begins to change outcomes in your life. So what I want to take off this morning, off of us, is what I'm going to call the comparison trap. The comparison trap. This is such a big issue in today's society because of social media, because of the internet, because of all these things, we can go out and we begin to compare ourselves against others. Knowingly or unknowingly, we begin to p- compare ourselves. I was, we're listening to, the kids listen in evening uh, to Audible, and it's books on, uh, on, a, on our device and our iPad, and they're listening to Little House on the Prairie. You know, Little House on the Prairie was 150 years ago. It was based in like 1870. And I'm thinking like, what, what did they have to worry about as far as comparing Right, like what are the things, and I'm telling you what, that every generation faces the same challenges in a different format, in a different way. And this generation is faced through social media, through the internet, and we begin to compare ourselves against others. And we begin to look at others, we begin to become unhappy with how God created us. Men, you begin to say, if I could be as strong as, if I could be as smart as, if I could be as good-looking as, if I could be a leader-like, and you'd be like, well, no, you're taking the very best trait of somebody, how God created that person, and you're acting as if you can have every bit of everyone's best trait in you. That's not, how God, that's not who God created you to be. It's not who God created you to be. This would be like me saying, okay, here's me. 
I wish that I could play basketball like LeBron James. I wish I could preach like Charles Spurgeon. I wish I could look like Tom Brady. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. He's I mean, he's a good-looking guy. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Okay, I wish I had the ability to invest like Warren Buffett and to be able to lead like Martin Luther King Jr. You'd be like, Pastor Jason, come on. Don't compare yourself. Okay, I get it. That's a silly example. But what I'm saying is each and every one of us begin to compare against other people. Say, well, I don't measure up this way. We begin to put on this identity that I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I need to be better. Now, is it good to look at somebody and say, hey, I would like to be more like them in certain ways in their life and to aspire to do that? Absolutely. But when we begin to put on ourself the shame, when we put on ourselves the things to say, ah, you know what? I'm not as good as them, so I must not be any good. That is wrong thinking. And that is something that we need to take off as a church. We need to take that off. Women, you, you've struggled with similar things and some other things. I'm not as beautiful as this person. I don't have a blog like this person. I don't dress like this person. All of this stuff isn't profitable. And here's something that the Lord just revealed to me, and it's been something that I've been struggling with in my own life, and I know that there are people that struggle with it, is it's the reverse comparison trap. This is when you say, you know what? I'm better than so-and-so at this. At least I'm not like so-and-so in this respect. At least, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I'm a good dad. You know, I'm better than some of these other. I'm better than most. Church, when we begin to compare ourselves against others, one, number one, it is prideful. Number two, it profits you nothing. Number three, it is not helpful in any way, shape, or form. And what begins to happen is then we begin to judge those other people by thinking we're better than they are. And so, church, we need to be careful on the comparison trap, both on the, on the side of when we're looking down at someone and when we're looking up at somebody else. Everyone is created differently. Everyone is a unique creation. Here's what God has just revealed to me. This, this is so interesting to me. And again, maybe you guys all know this. But guess what, church? Your identity in Christ is identical. Every person in here who is in Christ, your identity, your actual identity in Christ is identical. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are righteous. You are a conqueror. You have all things that you need according to his riches and glory. Do you understand that? That this comparison trap is actually useless. It doesn't make any sense because once you're in Christ, you guys are actually identical. Do you understand this? This was like, oh my gosh. Yes, he's created each one of us uniquely to do certain things, to be called certain things, but your actual identity, the actual thing, it, was, it, was, it would be as if each of us who had our driver's license, we'd have the same identity. It would be what this is telling us. This is our identity. This is who we are in Christ. Yes, are we all created a little bit different? Are we all created unique? Yes, but this is our identity in Christ. Your DNA, your God-given DNA now is blessed, favored, conqueror, victorious, forgiven, righteous, warrior. These children up here, they have that identity as they're making Jesus the Lord of their life. This is what we as a church and as a family need to teach our children. And church, the, the, the truth that we're able to teach our children only comes out of the truth that we've realized ourselves. 
The truth that we can teach our children can only come out of the truth that we have attained ourselves. So this message is for us. And then we take this message and we train up the next generation. We need to be raising our sons and our daughters. We need to be training them to reign as kings and queens. We talked last week about, you know, why, why, as a young child, we have these desire, these kids have desires to watch Disney movies and superhero movies because God has given each and every one of us a desire for who he has created us to be, which is a warrior for his kingdom. You understand that? And what happens is, is year after year, the world continues to put things on these children that tell them that they're not good enough, they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, they're not whatever enough, and they begin to lose this identity of who they actually are in Christ, which is strong, confident warrior. So church, this morning, you, each and every one of us, strong, confident warrior. Married couples, we need to stop comparing our spouses to anyone else. If they only did it like this, if they only read it like this, if they only could talk to me like this, all these things, we have to put those comparison traps out. Identity does not come from education or the world or anything else but impartation, what God says he is. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 1, if you want to turn with me there. I want to just build us back up for a few minutes as we're taking these idols off, as we're taking these, this comparison off, as the world puts it on us, as we're looking at Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I want you to see who God really has created you to be. Ephesians 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus. The very first thing you see, Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to us. What is he calling us? Saints. He's calling us saints. Not the New Orleans saints. Not the football team. He is calling you a saint. And you understand that when we begin to see ourselves as a saint, we are, have the same identity as the Apostle Paul. Do you understand? The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and we think that somehow he has more power or more... Hold on a second. Yeah, he had an anointing to be an apostle. But hold on a second. His identity is the same identity that you and I have. Do you get that, church? So we can't go around saying, well, I'm not this or I... Yes, you are the things that God has created you to be. You are as the Apostle Paul was. This is why he's writing to us this way. He says, to the saints, we are now called saints. What is a saint? Is someone who is set apart for God. Church, you are set apart for God. This gets me back to the comparison trap. We look at someone like Paul in the Bible, or we look at St. Peter or all these saints that we idolize, that the world has begun to idolize. It says, no, 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 no. You are a saint as well. You have that same God-given identity on the inside of you that Paul had, that Peter had, who built the church, who wrote the New Testament. The guys that did this, the same identity resides on the inside of you. It's good to aspire, read the Bible more, pray more, all of those things. But what you need to know is that the power, 
The power that God has given us through the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you the same exact way that it resided on the inside of Jesus. Do you understand that? The inside of you, the same power that rose Christ from the grave, where does it reside? On the inside of you. On the inside of me. That same identity that God gave is on the inside of us. You say, wow. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, that helps you live a more victorious life. It makes you begin to see the problems that are in front of you in a different light. You begin to see a problem and say, you know what? This is just a challenge that my God is going to take care of through me. And I'm going to speak to that problem, and I'm going to talk to that problem, and I'm going to give the promises of that problem and say, in the name of Jesus, cancer, go. In the name of Jesus, bill, be paid. These are the things that God commands us to go and do. This power that God has given us on the inside, this identity, is not so we can go around and just do church. It is not for us to sit around here and do church. This is great, church. We get about two hours or so together with each other. But I am preaching this message not so that we can do church. Not so that you can sit there and come back next week and say, oh, that was a pretty good message. And by Wednesday, you probably forgot everything that I said. You're getting this message because I want to equip you to do the work of the ministry. To equip you with the same identity that Jesus Christ has. So when you walk out of these doors... When you walk out of here to your place of employment, to the place that you go to school, that you are now seeing yourself as Christ, in Christ, and be able to confront the the absolute problems that are in front of you with a whole new light. This is your identity now. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. Grace and peace to us. That means grace and peace are available to us. And if they're available to us because of Christ and Christ is in us, guess what? Grace and peace are on the inside of us. Grace and peace are now our identity. And you have grace and peace. You have grace and peace. I have grace and peace. And nobody has. We all have grace and peace available to us. This is now our DNA. This is our DNA from the inside out, not from the outside in. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I love that. He has blessed us. You want a new name? We talked about last week how how before Abraham could fulfill his destiny, he had a name change. We need to have a name change from sinner to saint. And along with that change of name, from sinner to saint, goes all the blessings along with being called that. So now we can be called blessed. We can be called we have grace and peace in our life. We are now, the new names that we now have is blessed. Your name actually is blessed. So when someone calls you a name, you say, no, no, my name is blessed. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible says that I am blessed and my name is blessed. It begins to change your perspective. We are blessed. And I love this. With what? What are you blessed with? The word blessed means empowered to prosper. First of all, do you understand, church, that if your name now is blessed, 
And this is one of the new identities that now you have on, that you have on from the inside. It means you are empowered to prosper. You're empowered to prosper. It means when the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you, He gives you ideas to fix things. He gives you ideas for new businesses. He gives you ideas to fix challenges. He gives you ideas on how to solve medical problems that have been plaguing you your whole life. He'll say, get a new bed because your back is hurting so much. Things that you wouldn't even thought, like, what's the bed have to do with it? You know what? Maybe it has everything to do with it. But God knows and the Holy Spirit knows. And when He speaks to you, when you are blessed, you are empowered to prosper. With what? Every spiritual blessing. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Eternal life, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the power to live this life as God intended it. Where? In heavenly places, in Christ. He is preparing a place for us, our mansion, our royal palace. But guess what, church? We are praying and believing for heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. So this royal place of living victoriously, we are calling it down from heaven to earth. As it is in heaven, we want these things to happen in earth. So when we begin to see our identity as our identity is going to be when we're in heaven, what if we could begin to perceive ourselves as who we are in Christ when we're in heaven? We're like, well, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to have everything that I need. It's going to be joyful. I'm going to be peaceful. I'm going to have favor. I... Wait a second. All that stuff is right here. Heaven on earth from the inside. God has just said he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Every single one of them available to us. How does this happen? The next part of the verse says in Christ. In Christ. The blessing is in him. It's not in this world. It's, these, these blessings come not so you can drive a fancy, fancier car or live in a bigger house or, or be able to do whatever financially in some way. The, the reason why this is happening is so that God's kingdom can be expanded. Because his will of heaven on earth is that none shall perish. That means these testimonies, these miracles are happening so that none shall perish without knowing him. This is why it's happening. We are blessed. Verse 4. Just as He chose us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us. As He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. He created you. He chose you from the very beginning. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I love this. We are chosen. You know what? A new name. You are blessed. You are chosen. My name is now chosen. If you walked around thinking like that, I am chosen. I am chosen by God. He loves me. He cares for me. He adores me. We begin to change our identity. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Church, your new identity is a son and daughter of the living God. You have been adopted into the family. When you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you are actually being adopted into the family. You see, Adam and Eve were part of God's family. There was sin. There was Jesus that came and made all of this now possible to become back and part of his family. And when we do that, we are now adopted into his family. And when you are part of God's family, you got a pretty powerful dad on your side. You know, it's like going to the schoolyard and there's like a bully working out there. 
and he's working on things. And you know what? When you bring dad along, when you bring father God along, that bully begins to start to cower in fear. And you understand the battles that we are fighting are not against flesh and blood. The bullies that we are fighting against are the principalities and powers of darkness. And when we're now part of this royal family, we are part of this adopted family, God is now our Father, and we bring Him to the battle. We bring Him to the fight, and the enemy has to flee, and the enemy has to be defeated. And this is why we are blessed and why we are part of this royal family. Thank you, Jesus. We are adopted. You know, we have never, we've not adopted any children, but I know that those who have, there is mountains and mountains of paperwork that have to go through. But I tell you what, the book of life that has your name in it, when you choose God as your Lord and Savior, as Jesus, your Lord and Savior, that is the only piece of paper that matters anymore. Your name is in the book of life. You are now part of God's royal family. Acts 1 says, but you shall receive, Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall, I love that, you shall receive power. And then you shall be witnesses to me. The power of being part of his family is to be a witness to others. And all this is according to His good pleasure of His will. According to His good pleasure for His will. How are you adopted in this family? Because He chose you. Because He wants you. Because He cares about you. Worship team, if you want to come back up. I'm giving you guys some homework this week. That's the school time, right? It feels like it's school time. Homework's going out. Everyone's just like, man, I... I thought I was done with the homework assignments. Nope. I want you guys to read through Ephesians 1 every day this week. And I just wanted to begin to build your faith about who you are in Christ. Just read Ephesians 1. I don't know about a devotional. I don't do this. You know what? If you go in the car, download the Bible app, Bluetooth connected. Come on, guys. There's many ways you can find a few minutes so, you know, you can probably read the entire book of Ephesians in like 25, 30 minutes, depending on how fast you can read. I'm just asking for one chapter. I want you to meditate on Ephesians 1 every day this week. Now, I'm going to pick up where we left off here next week in Ephesians 1. But I really want you to get the word on the inside of you, because this is what defines our identity. When we are son and daughter of God, we are blessed, we are chosen. When this word begins to penetrate our hearts, it changes our identity. What's going to happen as you read through Ephesians 1? You're going to feel like you're in a combat zone. The enemy is going to try to steal that truth away from you. I always look at the word, you know, we say, oh, we have to go, we have to combat that. We have to combat that. You know what combat is? It's combat. When we say, yeah, we have to combat the plans of the enemy, it's combat. It's a physical fight. It's a, it's a fight in the spiritual realm that you need to take up with you each and every day. And as you read Ephesians 1, you need to combat the lies of the enemy that try to come against it. 
and try to say, well, no, that's not for you. That's not who you really are. That's for somebody else. It's for you. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. The weapons God has given you are mighty in God. For what? For pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything, as you're reading, that tries to come against that word, you have to intentionally be combating it. Fighting against it. And say, no, 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 no. Those things are lies of the enemy. Ephesians 1 is for me. This is now my identity. And then we have to bring every thought into captivity and make it obedient to Christ. And then verse 7 says this, kind of wraps up the message this morning. Do not look at the things according to the outward appearance. Do not fall into the comparison trap. If you're having an issue with comparison trap, then get rid of the certain apps on your phone that are causing you problems with comparing. If there's something important, you'll find out. You don't need Facebook to tell you or Instagram or anything else. If you're having issues with this, you have to combat the problem. You have to do something. When you go to war, you take weapons with you and you have to fight the battle. Then it says, if someone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself of this, that we belong to Christ no less than he does. Wraps it all up. We are in Christ. We are in the image of Christ. We are blessed. We are adopted. We are chosen in him. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We ask you to pierce our hearts and reveal to us the identity we have in Christ. Father, we strip away all the old things that we've put on, the idols, the comparisons, the I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. We strip them all away this morning. And Father, we take on our new name in Christ. Our new name of saint. Our new name of blessed. Our new name of chosen. Our new name of adopted. Father, we receive Your Word today as it states in Ephesians 5, that therefore now let us be imitators of God as dear children. So Father, as we leave this place, without the shame that we brought in, without the guilt that we walked in with, without the hate for ourselves that we walked in with, that we now begin to see ourselves with this new identity of who we truly are. Not by what we do, but by who you are. 
We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Whenever he starts talking about combat, I get excited. It's like I was born to be a warrior. I was born for the fight. <clears throat> this morning he was reading in, um, Second in Second Samuel. And he skipped. I'm up here. I see things you guys don't see. <laughs> he skipped from verse 37 down to 40. And I looked down and I said, thought, why did he skip that? And then the whole time he's preaching, when he starts talking about combat, the Lord said he skipped. I was like, I know. It's for such a time as this. I'm going to go back up to 36. Mm. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Mm. Your gentleness has made me great. Mm. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my... This is the part he skipped. Amen. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. We're talking principalities and powers here. That's right. They looked, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Even the principalities and powers of the air who serve the devil look to God for salvation when their time has come. All will look to him to be saved. Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets, and I spread them out. Now I'm going to skip. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let, the God, let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. Thank you, Lord. It is God who avenges me and subdues Thank the peoples you, under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Thank you. you also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me. Thank you. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do combat. Amen. You do not go into battle alone. Amen. I'm reminded of, there was a vision that Brother Paul had that he spoke over this church. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I want to read the, the middle part of it. It says, you and the church, the church, you guys, are going to start ruling and reigning the way God intended to. And it starts now. It starts now. Not when something else happens. Not, not sometime in the future. No, it starts now. We have been functioning with a dominion mindset, but now we are moving into a higher form of dominion, and it's called termination. It is called termination where we actually destroy the kingdom of hell and its cohorts. When conquering words come out of our mouth, hell will tremble. A prophetic boldness will come over you and this church and many will be saved, many will be healed, and many will be delivered. And that word is for us this morning, church.
Father, thank You for Your Word. We receive it. Father, thank You for strengthening us for the battle. We worship You. We praise You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Small group leaders, if you can make your way up here. If you have a prayer request or a need in your life, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you say, you know what, Pastor Jason, I hear all that. I want to be now in Christ as well. I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I want you to come up here and pray with one of these people up here. They will lead you in that prayer. Your life will be radically changed forever. Your identity will shift. Today, this morning, right here, right now, your identity will never be the same. If you've never prayed that prayer, come up here and pray with someone. If you need healing in your life, physical, financial, relational, come up here. They will pray for you. They will be in agreement based on God's word for your life. Do not miss this time for ministry. Do not miss this time for prayer. So I just speak a blessing over this church, Father. I speak a blessing over these families that had dedication today. I I pray a blessing over this entire church. Father, I thank you, Lord, you are equipping us to do the work of the ministry. I thank you, Father, you are equipping us with all provision needed to do the work of the ministry. And Father, I speak a blessing over every family in this church, both that are here, that are listening online, and those who could not attend today. Thank you for your favor and your blessing. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 You are dismissed. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.